Welcome to the School of the Forest podcast, episode 30. Welcome to the School of the Forest podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Russell. This podcast aims to educate you about outdoor living skills, give you a first-person approach to wilderness ecology, and provide you with a glimpse into the different methods people are using for sustainable living. To find out more about our programs, please visit schoolofforest.com. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Good to be back. I'm here today with Adam Luigi, um, a former student of ours that uh, is now doing his own thing, and we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about that. How are you doing today, Adam? I'm good. How are you? Good. I, we just had a group up here for a fly fishing weekend, and I spent the morning shuttling them back and forth across the river in a canoe. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty beat up by the sun and working hard, but and the bugs are out pretty, pretty good. So that's always, always a fun thing. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about, uh, tell us a little bit about your program. You run uh, sure first mag first magnitude wilderness, right? Yeah. Um, so my name's Adam Luigi. I've got a company called First Magnitude Wilderness Programs. I started it back in 2018, um, kind of fresh off the semester course. Um, but things never really gained any traction. It was just kind of like getting my thoughts put onto, onto a website. Um, and then COVID happened and everything sort of got put on the back burner. Um, but I guess my, my goal with the program is to offer programming for just your, your average person. Um, I'm a single parent and I don't have the ability to take off for like a month long expedition or whatever. So weekends here and there, and then potentially like a week later on um, had some appeal to me and I want to offer that to other people. So I've had so many great experiences doing the stuff with Jack Mountain and even my own adventures that I, I feel like I got to I got to offer this to regular people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's a tough thing to take out nine weeks of your life to get up to someplace like this. But I don't know, it's something yeah. something I think everybody can get can get a little taste of it. Right. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about. Go ahead. It was kind of a miracle how things fell into place for me to be able to do the semester course. I certainly wouldn't be able to do that now. Yeah. So, yeah, we joke all the time that the semesters are for people sort of like in between lives, like people that just graduated Mm -hmm. college, fresh out of the military, that kind of thing. Um, Yeah, it's a big time commitment. So it's awesome to see see other programs that are providing people that opportunity without, without as much, uh, without as much sign on. Cause I think the more people that know this stuff, the better. So yeah. tell us a little bit about where you're running, uh, where you're running these programs at here in New Hampshire. Sure. Yeah. I live in Campton, New Hampshire, and I've got, um, 40 plus acres that I am allowed to use. It's, it belongs to my dad actually. <clears throat> um, it's on the BB river completely off grid. Nothing's been, it's been logged. Um, so there's a few minor logging roads, like skater tracks, basically. Um, other than that, there's, there's nothing there. So it's, it's a pretty great place to, to go build shelters and fires and cook and that sort of thing. Yeah. What kind of, what, what do you see it becoming as you, as you spend more time there building stuff? Um, well, I've, you just, um, 
did a podcast with Rick Swain. Yeah. Um, been connecting with him quite a bit. So he's, you know, aside from the courses that I'm going to run, um, hopefully he's going to be running some stuff, his wilderness first aid classes, things like that out there. So I'm kind of envisioning a few different teaching areas or a couple of spots out there that just look perfect. Um, but, you know, kitchen and bathroom areas in close proximity to those. And because nothing's happened out there, I'm kind of envisioning a network of trails that just sort of develop organically over time. You know, how the, yeah. the best way to get to the river and, and back to the campsites and that sort of thing. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, so tell, it would be great to know a little, you know, we mentioned that you were up here as a semester student. I think that was the first semester I ever was a full-time instructor on. Or no, Ben was still mm -hmm. here when you were, yeah. Yeah, um, Ben. Yep. Yeah. This, yeah, so it's, it's been it's been a while since you were up here. Tell us tell us about how you, how you got to that point and where you've gone since. Yeah, I think uh, my interests are... It used to be ice climbing and mountaineering and things like that. Um, I did a few trips to Alaska back in like 2003 and 2006. Um, and then another wilderness education association program. That one was pretty awesome. It was like a month long thing um, in Washington between the American Alpine Institute and rare earth adventures. So that was like technical stuff going up on Mount Baker uh, Glacier Peak, doing some technical rock stuff, but also learning the educational side of things. We're developing lesson plans and teaching the other participants. Um, and coming out of that, you know, I, I got into wilderness therapy over in Stowe, Maine, Summit Achievement. It was a pretty cool, pretty cool thing. It was the best job I think I've ever had. Um, but the money and schedule were kind of tough. Um, had a kid and it didn't work out um, anymore. And then I found bushcraft and it was like the, the Ray Mears videos on YouTube. Oh yeah. I just thought were brilliant, the, you know, canoeing and axes and stuff like that. So um, found Jack mountain online and sort of just kept chipping away and things fell in place where I did the, the summer woodsman and then the boreal snowshoe expedition in 2017 and then the semester course but it was just like a bunch of obstacles in the way that just sort of disappeared and allowed gave me the opportunity to to take advantage of the next thing yeah you don't turn those things down right when the world just kind of like lines you up to to go do the stuff you got to take advantage of it right yeah 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 so yeah. So tell us a little bit about the growth from that into from, you know, you're talking about first magnitude and stuff. And I'm always interested in the growth from like uh, from being a student to deciding that you want to teach it. And how have you how have you, you know, tell us about other stuff you've done with that since then. Um, I've I've had a few summer courses. Um, you got me connected with the Libby Museum um, and also the Squam Lake Science Center in Holderness. Um, I helped you with a Libby Museum course and then did it myself the following summer um, and then got connected with the Science Center, too, because you've been super busy with School of the Forest and have always been kind enough to to throw my name at those people and and things have worked out. Um, this summer in particular is pretty busy. I think 
Um, with COVID, nobody did a whole lot the last couple of years, um, but I've got three weeks on the books with the Science Center. Um, you also got me in touch with Vermont Huts, so that'll happen in August, and I'm helping you run a, a canoe trip in July. Yeah, yeah, it's so, going to be fun. Yeah, busy, yeah, busy, think, right? It's one of those things where the, you know, there's always, there's, it's, there, there's always demand for these programs. And if you're just one person, you know, you want to see them run, but you can't. So it's a cool thing that we've run into with alumni where we, there's always somebody we can hand it off to and we know they're going to do, mm-hmm. do, do the job the right way. And that's kind of a cool thing to have seen grown since I've been here is this, this sort of uh, like, with this, this bench of people that we have where, Oh, they're in that area. We can send them, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. One of those, okay. That's one of those things that you guys don't advertise, you know, out of the Jack mountain stuff. That's one of the perks. Yes. Yeah. You guys are incredibly generous and will help people after, after the course. Yeah. It's, it's a thing. It's a weird thing. So. Cause we're sort of, we're sort of, I wouldn't be doing any about, of this otherwise. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Cause you're sort of picky about who you're going to kind of decide as, you know, cause if, if you pass their name along, you're sort of like signing off on them as somebody that's up to the standards you're creating. Right. So you're, you're pretty picky about the people that you want to pass work off to. So it's been great. I mean, since I've been here, there's, I don't know, there's probably like four people in new England that I know I can, I can push work to. And that's, that's awesome to have is these people that, mm-hmm. um, you know, lots of our students that come through are super talented, but there's only, a, there's only a couple that have that sort of, I don't know, that undefinable thing where it's like a combination of the skills and the people's skills and all that other stuff. So yeah, happy mm-hmm. to always happy to pass it along to somebody that's willing to, willing to kind of pick up that torch. Um, tell us a little bit more about what those programs you're running this summer look like, specifically the ones that like Squam Lake and, and such. Yeah. So two, two of the programs at Squam Lake are going to be, it's all survival stuff for, for young people. So it's like different age groups. I think the third week is the, the youngest age group I've ever worked with. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> That's a learning experience. Um, huh? Yeah, that was funny. My, my daughter, um, she would fall into that age group and I was asking her if she wanted to do the course and I described it to her and she goes, that sounds boring. so hopefully hopefully the other kids don't find it that way but yeah it's it's going to be you know shelter building uh firecraft uh the older group will have some knife skills um we'll do some carving and you know spoons and bowls and that sort of thing some cooking oh nice uh, plant identification yeah yeah, and then it's, I'll such, have a, to gear it's that. such a strange thing to like when you're working with those different age groups to like kind of change your change the way you teach based on the age group you're working with. It's it's fascinating to me. I'm not I'm not yeah. great at like the younger kid stuff. It's never been my my kind of jam. But um, but having done a couple of them, you kind of it really puts into perspective the like differences in how young people learn and they just learn by having fun, right. Rather than, mm-hmm. you know, on these semester programs, people are working hard all the time and it's like, it's work to learn things. But with the younger people, if you just put something fun to do in front of them, they're, they're just like picking up everything that's happening all the time. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Um, 
But yeah, that, that's that at the Science Center. Uh, the huts, Vermont huts thing will be, I think, similar. The shelter will be different because we're going to be utilizing one of the huts that they have. Yeah. Um, and I believe it's going to be a group of high school kids, that age group. And yeah, similar stuff. We'll, we'll have a nice shelter to stay in, but we'll learn how to build you know, primitive stuff and fires and cooking. Nice. Looking forward to yeah. all of that. Yeah, it sounds like fun. That and you know, and the last thing that you mentioned was that you're going to come and um, you're going to give me a hand with a, a trip this summer up here in Maine. And yeah. um, that kind of that kind of is a nice segue to the next thing that I want to talk about is that you know that there are a lot of students that come through the programs at School of Forest and Jack Mountain that that want to go on and do their own thing. But you know, I think at this point you myself and rick are kind of the three that have really really pushed that self that through and so I, the thing that's interesting to me about that is like the 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 different kind of educational styles of that like people develop as they're doing this to um you know so i'd be curious to hear about like your time since the semester program and what like how you've sort of i always think of it as like finding your voice like you know, the first three years I was up here, I just tried to do everything the way Tim did it. Um, and, and that, uh, you know, it wasn't, it's not natural for me. It's a great way to learn, but then you have to at some point decide like, no, I, I teach, I explain things a little bit differently. I teach a little bit differently. And I, I'd be super curious to see what you've found in the last couple of years running programs of like, what's, what's stuck out to you about how you've uh, kind of developed whatever your voice is. I think it's still a work in progress. <laughs> it always um, is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, the part that just resonated with me is the, the finding your own voice piece, because the stuff that I learned was from Jack Mountain. So that's what I'm prepared to teach and trying to figure out how, how am I going to do this in a different way without yeah. being a clone? And I think that's part of what, what my hesitation with putting a course live has been is like, what's, is there anything unique about this? Why would anybody come here versus, you know, anywhere else that's doing the same thing? So uh, yeah, it's definitely a work in progress. Um, I just read this book that uh, it's called Coyote's Guide to Connecting with Nature. That's a, do you know, John Young? Oh yeah. So yeah. So it's, it's comes out of his, his system and it's it's pretty wild I, I want to try that especially with the younger group where you're identifying like what they they call the edges like the comfort zone you know you just slowly like ask appropriate questions and just kind of drag people further and further out to give them a, a, a higher quality experience um, so there's tons of games and things like that yeah. in the book and um, I'm excited to dig into um, as far as my teaching style, it's, you know, coming out of a wilderness therapy background, it's a matter of, you know, giving kids space and just kind of observing and I use humor as appropriate, um, and just offer guidance as we go through things and I don't know, try to be motivational, um, if things get tough, but it's kind of a case by case Totally. situation i guess 
Yeah, it's such a hard, I mean, you know, as soon as I asked the question, I realized how hard of a fit that is to define, you know, even thinking about the different sort of educational style that I have, as opposed to Tim or our friends, Ben and Paul, who have all been instructors up here. It's, it's a hard thing to, to describe, but, you know, I mentioned at the start of it, our friend Paul was up here doing a fly fishing course this weekend and seeing the, being able to watch like the three, you know, myself and Tim Smith and Paul up here all together and kind of like see the, the, I don't know, the weird dynamic that we've developed and how like instantly you fall back into that dynamic. But then if, if you're teaching solo, it's a, you're, you're acting totally differently. It's fascinating to me that kind of like, I don't know, whatever, whatever kind of role you fill in a group versus having to fill all of those roles all the time. If you're teaching solo yeah. is a really interesting yeah. thing to me. Um, yeah. So what, uh, what programs do you have, do you have going? I know you mentioned one, hopefully with Rick and stuff like that. And so I'd be curious to hear what else you got planned. Yeah. I've only have, um, one that I, I guess is live right now. I call it the first rodeo, which is kind of a silly name, but. <laughs> oh, um, silly names are look, good. Yeah. I, I can't tell if that's something I want to do for all the courses or, or change it later, but it's basically a, a frozen 24 uh, thing. So the, the course is going to be crafting the tools that we would need. So we'll make the improvised snowshoes, the, the pack frame, things like that. Um, and we'll go through all the, you know, shelters and fires uh, curriculum to learn the skills to do a night out without a sleeping bag. And the reason that that one stands out to me is because of that boreal snowshoe trip. Um, that's where I did it for the first time. And the confidence that you have coming out of something like that. Oh yeah. And it, like I'm, I'm not like a special person or anything like average in just about every way, which means anybody can do <laughs> this stuff. And like coming out of that was just unbelievable. Totally. Uh, I felt like I could accomplish anything. Um, and so that's, that's basically, that was the, the defining moment for me. It was like, I can, I can do that. Now I'm going to teach people how to do that. Yeah. It's such a weird, it's weird, incredible. The students here on the spring semester, they did it a few weeks back while it was still, still pretty cold up here. And it, it occurred to me that I just started thinking about like the, the number of people in the world that have done something like that is so small. Like they're like, you're, as soon as you do that, you become part of this, like this tiny, tiny group of people that, that I don't know, I, I can't speak for you, but like after the first time I did it, the world looked different. Like the, the, that, that baseline or your bar has become like really low for what it takes for you to feel comfortable. And that's like, that's powerful stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I mean, I'm sure there are other people in other schools and stuff that do that, but just counting like on, on one hand or more than one hand, but just counting like the students that have been here since I've been here and done it, it's maybe like 30 people that have done it. And that's, that's yeah. not a big number of people that have gone through that experience. And that's cool. Very cool. Yeah. 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 And then um, go ahead. Um, that's, that's the only course offering I have right now that, that people could actually sign up for. I'm still working on a, a summer version of that. It's probably going to be more canoe uh, centered. So we'll, same thing. We'll, we'll craft the things that we need for a, for a canoe trip and then go use it. 
And yeah, what like, kind of stuff? What kind of stuff are you thinking? Like paddles and such? Yeah, definitely a paddle. Um, right now, I'm gonna be. I'm hoping to have it ready for um, this the trip in July. Is I want to do a one again and a a leather oh, tump nice. line. Um, so getting into the leather work side of things and and a, a, I'm gonna make a new pack basket. It's time for a, a new one. Um, the old one season yeah, stuff. I, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I I think um, that stuff could also be broken up into uh, like weekend courses too if people didn't want to do a long-term program but want to yep. build that stuff. So a lot of that stuff still in the works. Hopefully um, acorn processing, um, outdoor cooking, that sort of, you know, base camp type of weekend offerings I can do up here. Nice. Yeah, and then... Rick's going to come out and do some wilderness first aid programs with you. That's yeah. Your first year of having programming third. on the calendar. That's pretty full. That's awesome. Yeah. Hopefully um, part of the, this first rodeo program, the, I think it's the third weekend. Um, we'll have a wilderness first aid certification um, that Rick will teach. Nice. Um, and then hopefully some other um, individual wilderness first aid offerings and he's got some pretty cool programs lined up that is, they're, they're exciting I don't yeah. know, I, I hope I just get to tag along I'll, I'll be <laughs> the patient that people can take care of <laughs> keep me alive yeah yeah, yeah that's awesome but yeah it's it's exciting stuff the 2022 is definitely a big a big year well, it's the weird thing. I remember the first year I actually like put programming on the calendar and was like sticking to it. And it was like, it was awesome, but it was that, that kind of like, does this work? Is this a good idea? And then you just kind of roll with it, which it's kind of like a nice, a nice little jump into the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, which is that often, often when people are talking to somebody getting into a new field, it's somebody that's like already kind of established themselves and you're kind of like right in the middle of getting this up and running. So, um, you know, that, that question of like, what advice would you have for other people is I think totally different if you're asking somebody who's right in the thick of it, as opposed to somebody who's like looking at it with hindsight being 2020. So I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that of, you know, what are, what would you tell somebody that wanted to start doing stuff like this? Yeah, I think, you know, aside from having the skill set and, to to do the things that you want to teach the, the biggest factor for me right now is the is networking the connections that i have which are you and rick and tim it's like everybody seems to be working together towards a common goal which is is such a huge weight off your shoulders like when in 2018 I thought I was going to try and get this thing going on with partners who all have their own thing going um so I I think if you if you know people who have similar interests um similar goals team up and get after it yeah it's been a crazy you know it's been one of the things I've picked up the most from this podcast like doing these interviews with people from uh, all very different walks of this weird little outdoorsy life that we lead is like, that's kind of the thing that they all come back to is it's, and the funny thing is that I hear so many different people say it, but none of them know each other. 
And I just, I just, I think that's part of the reason I keep doing these is because I, I just, there's so many people that are like, it's connections. It's about meeting people. And I hope that, you know, that, that kind of opens it up to anybody that listens to reach out to these folks and, you know, just start making those connections. I mean, whether you start as a student or somebody who's like, Hey, you're pretty good at canoeing and I'm pretty good at processing game. Do you want to, do you want to do something with that? Maybe we run a trip where, you know, it's a hunting trip and you do all the boat stuff. I'll take care of the game. Like there's so many opportunities for cool stuff like that. And it's just a matter of like those connections being made. Um, and I think, I think we're at the tail end of that, that like really stupid, like rugged individual stereotype that where everybody's like, I'm going to do it myself. I could do everything alone. And I'm hoping we're kind of, kind of moving away from that in the industry. Cause it's just, there's so many cool people out there doing cool stuff. And it's just such a shame for everybody to need to be like the best at it and not accept help from anybody. So yeah, that's awesome. That's a, that's probably, you know, I would probably tell people the same thing is like, just meet people and pick their brains about stuff and go from there. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think that dynamic that you were just describing is, is kind of ridiculous. Anyway, I remember on the, um, the semester course, Ben was saying that the, the one thing about humans ability to cooperate is, is the greatest, greatest um, survival or piece of survival ever yeah it's that's 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 everything right like the 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 person who walks alone doesn't make it you know not for a long time um yeah that's awesome that's a that's yeah that's you know the skill stuff is super important but the skills are the easy part to learn making the making the connections and like building building that voice that we were talking about is is i think the most challenging part Mm -hmm. um and just you know getting people to show up um but if I ever wrap my head around that one, I'll be sure to let you know. <laughs> yeah. So we're coming right up on the, on the half hour mark here. So um, I always end these asking about, uh, I always ask these t- asking about one like crazy experience. And I, Adam and I went back and forth a little bit before this. So I know what story he's going to tell you. And I'm, I'm incredibly excited to hear it out of his mouth because it's one of my favorite ones. So go for it, Adam. Tell, much, tell us the story. How much of the detail do you want? Uh, just enough that anybody of any age could listen to this. All right. <laughs> so uh, this was from the Boreal Snowshoe Trip in 2017. Uh, it was the, the last day, and we we're hiking back to the, the parking lot, pulling our toboggans. And it's kind of a fishing story at this point. Like, things were brutal, but so many years later, it's even a little more a little more brutal so the you know it was an impossible headwind uh that we were walking into hardly gaining any ground uh tim decides to send the group with all the gear into the woods to hike up to a a logging road and he and i decided that we were going to go without any gear into the headwind up to the parking lot to get the vehicles and the only reason i got to go was because i drove my truck was there um I like but, that you said got to go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I was I was thrilled. It was it was yeah. it was great. Um but the the conditions were brutal. We had cut up a sleeping pad to make face masks because any bit of exposed skin would have frozen. I think Tim and I were counting like 200 paces and then we'd switch 
And then we'd, we'd pop into the woods every once in a while to just like check each other out to make sure we weren't freezing. But it was insane. Like sub-zero wind chill, like way below zero wind chill. I don't know, 40 or 100 mile an hour headwind at this point. I don't know. It was tough. Um, but we did it, got everybody out. And um, he said that it was one of the most, or I think he said it was the most epic conditions he'd ever been in. Um, and so for me as, you know, this is my first long-term bushcraft experience. I had done the, the frozen 24 and then this, I was like a superhuman coming out of that. So he, he talks about that story every once in a while still. He just told it to students here, like, I think three days ago, it just came up. Um, yeah, I'd like, yeah, I should have listened to his version before I told mine. Oh, <laughs> no, that's okay. It's good. To, it's good to see both. But yeah, winter, winter wakes you up, right? Like, mm -hmm. it just and then when you're done with it, you're like, yeah, I, I can do I can do I can deal with whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's, that is one of my, you know, I was, a, I was sad not to have been on that trip, but to have you guys come back and tell us all about it was, was pretty cool as well. Well, awesome. Do you have any other like last final thoughts you want to share before we wrap up? I don't think so. Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah. Glad to have you on. Always good to catch up with you. I'm looking forward to getting yeah. on the river with you again this summer. That'd yeah. Good. Very excited for that. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, thank you guys for listening. I'll be sure to link to all of Adam's, uh, all of Adam's stuff in the show notes and yeah, we'll see you on the next one. Um, we're heading out on the final trip of the semester Wednesday. So we'll probably be radio silence for a little while, but I've got a couple other people lined up for podcasts after that. So we will see you sometime this summer. <laughs> all right. Take care. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the School of the Forest podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, I hope you share it with a few friends. If you did like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any other of the major podcast hosting platforms. And lastly, if you'd like to learn more about School of the Forest programs, please check us out at schooloftheforest.com and get in touch with us at any of the contact information you'll find on that site. Thanks, 